yesterday, so uh, they won't be here, probably won't be here this morning. Uh, so y'all, y'all pray for them. Take your Bibles, go to Genesis, Genesis chapter 41, and we're looking at Joseph, uh, which is a perfect picture of Jesus Christ. You can't, you can't miss it. There's just no possible way you can miss it. Uh, Joseph, uh, Joseph is, is uh, <laughs> well, I mean, you, no matter how you look at it, if you read your Bible and you read it the right way and you're looking for the right things, it's, it's all out of the heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So the heart's what God looks at, not the mind. Uh, there's a lot of sharp people on the planet, uh, a lot sharper than me. They always say, you hear that old saying, uh, not the sharpest knife in the drawer. Well, I would put myself as a very dull knife. Dull knives are usually used more than sharp knives. Uh, if it's a sharp knife, something's wrong, they're not using the knife. Uh, usually a dull knife is, is what God, by the time you see somebody's been used for a while, they're they're wore out, they're tired, dull. People look at them and say, well, you know, that person is this, that person is that. Uh, that's probably a person that God used their whole lives and just, they just wore them out. Uh, because a sharp knife always wants to sit there and show everybody how sharp they are, but they never want to get to the place where they have to cut anything. And Joseph, Joseph is a guy that God used and he never got wore out and he just kept going and kept going. So uh, Genesis chapter uh, 41 we stop down in verse 33, uh, and I'll start there. It says, uh, Joseph, Joseph just gets him uh, back. Joseph was sold by his brothers. Uh, he went out to do his, his father called him. Uh, that's all of us. God calls you. He calls you to come to him. Joseph's dad called him, Jacob. Joseph went to his dad. Uh, Joseph is a perfect picture of Jesus Christ. Uh, go, to, go to Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah 3, I want to say maybe 6. Isaiah 6. Do, do, do. Get back here a little way. This is a freebie. I like, I like your Bible's a cool book. Uh, it, it keeps me going. It really does. I mean, there's days where I don't feel like doing much of anything. And uh, you read your Bible just a little bit. Uh, down in verse 8, 6, 8, it says, And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who, shall go, who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. Uh, that really is Jesus Christ in a sense. You're not going to uh, do what Jesus Christ did. The Lord sit in heaven and uh, there was nobody else to do what needed to be done. He was the only one that could do it. And so he did it. Joseph, but all through your Bible, he gives you pictures of what he's going to do. He's the only one in your Bible that knows the end from the beginning. So you can put your trust in him. He knows, he knows what you're going to go through. He knows what you're headed for. He knows, and he tries to warn us. I was telling somebody the other day, it was a blessing. Wednesday night, I, I mentioned a, a guy that I was talking to over here. Actually, Brother Barry and Brother Stahl had already talked to him, the guy who did the floors over there, long hair, uh, had some issues going on. Really, he was listening, but he really didn't want to listen. Uh, he just, you know, fighting just like a normal, everyday person would that was lost. And uh, so he leaves after I get done talking with him. He does the floor. I didn't want to stop him doing the floor. I wanted to make sure the floors got done. So I shut up and backed away. Well, he left. He came back uh, the next day or two, I think it was the next day, maybe Friday, I'm not sure what day, I think it was, he came back the next day, and he said, uh, as soon as he walked in, uh, the first day he walked in, the first time I seen, ever seen him in this project, he goes, it passed, it passed, talking about the pot thing passing, and now they can go smoke pot, and he said, we won, we won, he said, no, you didn't win, you lost, you just don't know you lost, uh, so he comes back the next day, and we talked about all the stuff going on in the world, and how... A man is just trying to get rid of God the best way they can. And the only way you can get rid of God is get rid of the law, 
the Jew thing going on right over now with Israel is they're trying to get rid of Israel. If you can get rid of Israel, you get rid of that law. Because the law is from God. You sin, you sin against God. You don't sin against the United States government or anybody else. You sin against the Lord. So you got to get rid of him and anything in between. We're, we're part of that thing. Well, anyways, he comes back in the, the next day or the day after. I forget which one it was. And he goes, you ain't going to believe it, man, or something like that. He goes, uh, I went home and all the way home, I was thinking about what you said. Now, here's how the Holy Ghost works. It's simple. Your job is to tell somebody about Jesus Christ and tell him with an excitement enough to where it penetrates that person's thoughts. Then what the Holy Spirit can do after you're gone out of the way, or sometimes he'll give you, he'll witness, give you the witness on top of that and, and testify to what you're saying. But sometimes what he'll do is go away and like he was driving home thinking about that thing. Now, right there is where the Holy Spirit's looking at you. What are you going to do with what I just told you? And your next move depends on what he gives you after that. Romans 10, you want your, or Romans 1, you want your heart hardened? Take what he did like Pharaoh said and chunk it off to the side and he'll harden your heart. Take what he said and, and say, man, I need to think about that. And the Lord says, okay, I'm glad you thought about that. How about this? And he goes home and his little old mommy's sitting there reading her Bible. And he says, you ain't going to believe what I heard today. And as he's telling her, he goes, that's what they were saying today. Then he comes back in the next morning, he gets another dose of it. You say, what is that? That's the Holy Spirit moving. And if you can keep the Holy Spirit in your life the whole time, you'll get through this life. That's exactly what you're trying to do. You know what Joseph is? He's a picture of a, of, he's actually a picture of Jesus Christ, a perfect picture. And since we're a child of the king, a son of God, he had made us kings and priests. He, uh, the, he gave us power to become the sons of God in John chapter 112. Then you are Christ's stead on this planet. That means you can get through this thing. But you got to remember that your number one job, your number one job is to serve Jesus Christ. Not yourself, not your family, him first. Once you serve him first, thank you for that. Oh, I don't have my phone. I don't have to worry about that. Uh, I was just thinking about that. I left my phone at home. Uh, <laughs> but if you serve him first, everything else will fall into place that should fall into place. And sometimes it won't be the greatest in the world. Uh, sometimes it won't be uh, exactly how you think it'll be. Because he knows the end from the beginning, and what he wants to do is direct your steps through this thing. And if you listen to him, he'll direct your steps. He trusts in the Lord with all that heart, lean on him with thy understanding, in all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy steps. I think he directed Joseph's steps right to his brothers. I think he directed his brothers to throw him in the pit. I think he directed, uh, directed his brothers to pick him up out of the pit and sell him to the Ishmaelites. The Ishmaelites directed his steps all the way down to selling to Potiphar, uh, and, and Potiphar getting mad at him and selling him. And every one of the places that they went, they knew that Joseph was of God. They knew that he was doing what God told him to do. And he gets down there. They throw him in the prison, and Joseph sits down there. The whole time, Joseph has got a, a, a persona about himself where I'm sure he doesn't really enjoy everything that's happening to him, but he maintains his testimony and his purity and his cleanliness as he goes through that whole set. And no matter where he goes, God gets the glory out of everything. And Joseph takes the back seat and he makes sure that his testimony is never touched. Because when you, when you start messing with your testimony, you blow everything out of the water. It takes, I was talking to somebody, a brother, brother, a brother mentioned yesterday, it took him years, years to recover some things that he did in the testimony with a guy that he worked with. And that'll mess you up every single time. Your testimony is key. So Joseph kept it. 
And when it came time, verse 34, it says right here, well, 33. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise. And here's Joseph. What's wrong with most of us today is we, wanna, we want the preeminence. So I hear people all the time, well, my boss ain't paying me enough. You're a wicked, stinking devil, man. You know, say, oh, you're me. No, you ought to be thankful you even got a job. Number two, you ought to be thankful that God loves you enough, that pays you enough, and then you have the mind to do what you're doing. See, we've lost this being thankful. We, we're no, one of the things the Lord says is you should be thankful for everything you get. You should be thankful. And we're not thankful anymore. We're, we, we sit there and think that I have a value and I can argue with you and you need to pay me. Why don't you just let God work the thing out? Have you ever, I've turned raises down. I've went into bosses and told them, big companies, hey, keep the money. As a matter of fact, take some of it back. I don't want all the stuff you're giving me. You give me a total freedom. I can do whatever I want. Take it back, man. Sufficient. I have all I need. I don't need a billion. You know what a billion dollars would probably do to me is mess me up. I don't want it. I want not too much, not too little. I want just what God has for me. That's all I want. Joseph is sitting there, Pharaoh, and he tells Pharaoh, look at a, a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. Joseph warns Pharaoh that his dreams are true. <coughs> Everything, Pharaoh, you see is true. They're, both dreams are one. This thing's going to happen, and he warns him of that. Uh, Joseph only, uh, not only tells Pharaoh what is about to happen, but he also gives him direction on how to survive the upcoming famine and never puts himself. Joseph is probably thinking he's going to go right back down to prison. I would, I would, if I was in Joseph's shoes and they brought me up to talk to Pharaoh, he doesn't sit there and say, oh, Pharaoh, first, oh, Pharaoh, I'm innocent. I never, he never says that. He shuts his mouth and he waits for Pharaoh to ask him. He understands authority. You know what's wrong with us today? Nobody understands authority. I'm telling you, man, authority, I, I'm glad the Lord let me go in the military. Military is the greatest thing in the whole world for me. Everybody said, you'll never be able to survive in the military because the way I lived my life prior to the military. I ate that thing up, man. I mean, hey, you want me to stand at attention? I'll stand at attention. You want me at parade dress? I'll stand at parade dress. You want me to run? I'll run. You want me to clean the toilet? I'll clean the toilet. There, there is nothing that the United States Navy ever asked me to do that my dad, <laughs> that tops what my dad had me do. My dad had me do some things that nobody else ever made me do. Mike makes, reminds me of my dad more than anybody else because he sits there and watches me do the things that my dad used to make me do. And then he, and then he laughs at me while we're doing it. And uh, no bitterness. You'll never see bitterness. Now, this is a hard thing. This is one of the hard things. Brethren, just reading your Bible is okay, but you need to understand what you're reading and the characters you're reading about. There's some things that will... Bitterness is as a canker worm. It'll eat you up inside. Anybody outside of me has nothing to do with what's inside of me. I, I, I struggle. I've been struggling for 60 I'm 66 today. Happy birthday to me. Uh, but I'm 66 today, and for 60, probably a good 60 years, probably a good, good uh, 50 of them, uh, you, I've struggled with bitterness all the way through there, and you've got to get that thing out uh, because there's nothing you can do about it, and, and chances are the people that you're bitter at, they don't even know why you're bitter at them to start with. And they, they use, people use each other all the time and do this and do that and do this. And it's just going to get you bitter. If you're going to stay in a state of bitterness your whole life, it'll mess you up. Joseph never was that. He had no bitterness. You never heard him uh, condemn his brothers. He did say a couple times that, hey, I, I was brought here. I didn't do anything wrong, but I would sit here. But he didn't come down on his brothers. No bitterness is noticed in Joseph speaking to Pharaoh. Uh, just the warning. He's, he's giving Pharaoh what God said. He listens to what Pharaoh said. 
God gave Joseph the ability to understand, and he gives him what God said. And you know what we're supposed to do? You're supposed to give people what God said. When was the last time you told somebody they're going to hell? That's, that's where a lost person goes. You know what Pharaoh, you know why it took God a while to get Joseph in front of Pharaoh? So that Joseph would stand in front of the man and his state and his condition would not affect, Pharaoh, would not affect him one bit. It didn't affect him with the butler and it didn't affect him with the baker. He told the baker exactly what was going to happen. He said, in three days, this is going to happen to you. And when he got to Pharaoh, you know what Joseph did? We have to get to the place where we have the boldness in Jesus Christ. I'm not saying crudeness. I'm saying boldness to speak the words of God truthfully with compassion like Jesus had. Joseph warns him and says, look, you need to do this. This is getting ready to happen. There's going to be seven years of good time, seven years of bad time. And then seven years of bad time, going to eat those seven years of good time up. And halfway through this thing, you're going to be starving to death if you don't do this stuff. Verse 34. This is where we stop. Now, Pharaoh... It says, let Pharaoh do this. This is Joseph talking to him. And let him appoint officers over the land, take up the fifth part of the land uh, of Egypt in the seven plenteous years, and let uh, them gather all the food of those good years that come, and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh, and let them keep uh, food in the cities. Uh, and, and that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt. That the, land of, that the land perish not through the famine. Now, Joseph, at this point, uh, doesn't uh, know exactly what Egypt is going to do to them. Egypt is just another country, but uh, it's an amazing thing that he warns them and tries to... Joseph no longer is, is really thinking about his family out here. He's thinking about Pharaoh and Egypt, uh, where he's at. Joseph suggests that the uh, committee be set up to consider all the options. <laughs> yeah, this is what Joseph does. I wrote this. Joseph suggests that a committee be set up to consider all the options so they could recommend a plan of action and, and the necessary steps uh, that need to be taken to ensure the royal family and all his federal staff would survive. That is not what Joseph did. That's what the typical leader does. They come up, I need a plan of action. I need a plan of action. I need a plan of action. Sometimes plan of actions are the craziest things in the world. Officers would come on ships all the time, new officers, and all of a sudden they come out. They got to prove themselves somehow, so they got to change everything, even if it's working fine. Let's change it all, make it all break, and, but I have to have something that I can write in my evals. It has to be there. Joseph tells Pharaoh, this is what he told him, in a purely suggestive capacity, how to set up the organization to be able to manage the storing of the food. In the, it is a plan of action. Pharaoh, this is what you need to do. You're going to throw me back in prison, but that's okay. But even in prison, i got to eat. And if you don't have corn up there, I'm definitely not going to have no corn down there uh, for the first seven years so there would be adequate stores for the seven years of famine. 37. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. Have you ever realized what God does sometimes? Man, he'll make you look good. He'll make you look real, real good in front of other people, uh, and you won't really have to say a thing. If you keep your testimony the way it should be, and you do everything you can to keep your name above water without anything being attached to it, you know what God can do then? He can make you look really good in front of a lot of people. But boy, if you got one thing sticking out as a sore thumb... That thing will point out, and everybody will see that thing, and you'll almost never be able to overcome that thing. It is tough. It is tough. It's an individual choice. I chose 
43 years ago to get saved. I chose 43 years ago to start following Jesus Christ, and I have struggled for 43 years. Am I perfect? Of course not. But boy, I tell you what, I could be a lot messed up more than I am right now. I've listened to what the Holy Spirit said. Sometimes I didn't listen too good, but I did listen. And I tried to guide my life down through this path called life until it gets me to where I'm at out here and do what he says do. Why? Because I know there's going to be an opportunity for me to talk to somebody. You know what's a blessing? When I walked in and talked to that guy, uh, I think Wednesday morning, uh, I told him, I, I always pull my cell phone out and say, you know, I used to in the day, in the day, that was a long time ago, in the day, I used to be able to tear these things down and put them back together component level. The guy told me, he said, yeah, they already told me you could do that. I said, who told you that? He goes, them other two guys in there, he's talking about Mike and Brian, because they actually think I can. Well, I don't know if they think I can, but they just use it too like I use it. It works. Uh, and it gives you some credibility. But in the day, the Lord made me look really, really good. Uh, there was better text than I was, but boy, I mean, he just would walk me right to stuff that nobody else could see. And all of a sudden I'd see it and I'm like, didn't you see that? No, I didn't see that. And that was the problem. And nobody else in the world could find that thing. He could make you look really, really good. But you know what? I didn't have nothing. Everything else was impeccable. My uniforms were impeccable. My stance, I couldn't tie a knot. Man, they, sailors are supposed to be able to tie knots. I couldn't tie a knot. If, I can barely tie my shoes. That's why I got loafers. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. Both of them, some guys can tie any kind of knot you want. The piece of, can you tie a square knot? No. I know somebody who can. Can you tie this? Can you tie that? I said, no. I used to try macrame. Never could figure that thing out. I, I did a couple things, but knots, the, the, the Navy, all that other stuff, none of that stuff. Painting, I hated painting. But boy, you give me a piece of gear and a cigarette and a cup of coffee, and I, I was in hog heaven. But Joseph... Joseph says, and the thing was good in Pharaoh's eyes. What Joseph said pleased the Pharaoh. Pharaoh was looking at Joseph, and he's seen a guy that came out of prison that he knew all this stuff. He probably knew the deal with Potiphar. He probably knew a lot of this stuff. Uh, I don't know how much he knew. It doesn't really tell you. You had to read between the lines, and maybe he didn't know anything. But he did know the man came from prison. He did know his butler that was right here that he trusted. The butler would bring him his wine, he'd grapes, grape juice in, in a glass, and he'd drink it. He trusted that those grapes were not poison. He trusted that that butler was good. So when that butler said, hey, I know a guy who can tell you your dream, he trusted that butler enough to where he would trust Joseph when he walked into the room. Joseph then tells him, and then God touched his heart, and, and he believed what Joseph said. Brother, you know, a lot of times we don't realize is God reaches out and still does the exact same thing he did here to us. Amen. We think it's all about, it has nothing to do, what happens is when we do not follow God, when we do not follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, that stuff will never happen. You know he could still kill 186,000 people in a heartbeat? What is it to him anyways? You get over in the, the uh, Revelation, it says, uh, and a star falls out of heaven named Wormwood. <clears throat> It's a big old asteroid going to hit this planet. It's going to wipe out a bunch of people. You get through the tribulation, and I think there's like three or four billion people. If, if the numbers are correct that we have today, eight billion people, and he takes out a third and another third, you're looking at four or five billion people that's getting wiped off the planet at any given time. But he could stop their hearts just like that. You trust in your Navy? I'm a Navy guy. You know I like the Navy. He could sink every ship we got just like that. I got verses for that. He sunk a bunch of other ships. He made them crash. God can do whatever he wants, however he wants it. I was talking to Beth on the way over here about Esther. And uh, she, I asked uh, Esther uh, 23 years ago, Esther could have died. And I asked Beth, I said, Beth, what would have happened if she would have died? I said, what, 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 would, what would you have done? Have you ever sit down and thought about that? She said, yeah. I said, well, it took 30 days for her to turn around. 
And Beth would drive down to Cincinnati every day. And just on the way here this morning, I asked her that. I said, what, what, what would you have done? And she said, well, Mike, she said, on the way down there, I cried because I knew that, she said, I had no peace about her getting a liver transplant. And, and I knew that the Lord was probably going to take her, so I just cried all the way down. I cried while I held her, and I cried on the way home. And the next day, I'd do the same thing. She said, I did that for 30 days. She said, I just got it all cried out. And she said, at the end of the 30 days, before Esther turned the other way, she, was, she said, I was at peace, that if God took her, that he took her. And that would be okay. You know, a lot of people, they'll let stuff happen like that, and they'll get bitter. And then they'll go away from God, and they'll never come back, and they'll just sit over here bitter somewhere. Uh, because they, they perceive something didn't go their way. Brethren, it's not supposed to go your way. It's supposed to go his way. And sometimes his way is a little bit different than our way. For him to accomplish in, in this world what he wants to accomplish, what the Lord wants to accomplish, sometimes he has to kind of manipulate our lives in places where you just got to learn how to trust him. You have to trust him. Joseph, I think, was right there. Some of these stories, when you read them, you need to get a hold of these stories and, and look at these things and say, look, what, what does this guy have that I don't? What does this man have that I don't? Why would God choose this story when there's billions of other stories he could choose? Why this story? This story is here for a reason. It's here to change my life, not for me to just go on and live however I want to live. And the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all the servants. What Joseph said, the way he said it, it pleased everybody around him. There was nobody that had a problem with what he said. The dream that Pharaoh had were sufficient. When Joseph gave him, the dreams that Pharaoh had were sufficient to convince him that this thing was of God, it was of the God of Joseph, not the so-called gods of Egypt. When Joseph gave him, he, he flat said, Joseph, here's my dream. Joseph said, okay, here the dreams are two, the two are one, everything's the same, both dreams are the same thing, here's this, 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 this. No hesitation, man. He said, blam, 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 Pharaoh, and, and that was enough where God reached down and touched Pharaoh, just like he touched the other Pharaoh. A little bit later, when Pharaoh won't let him go out of Egypt, everybody says, well, why did God, God did not harden Pharaoh's heart like everybody thinks he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Pharaoh hardened his heart. God sent Moses in there. Now, if God knows the end from the beginning, he already knows what Pharaoh's going to do. No matter what Moses does, Pharaoh, he says, I am sure <laughs> that Pharaoh's not going to do it. Why? Because I already know what he's going to do. And he sends Moses in there and still gives him the chance to change. And every single time he does something, Pharaoh does exactly what the Lord knows he's going to do. God didn't make him do that. That's what his heart was. Brethren, you got to get to the place where you believe this book. You don't believe this book, you're going to harden your heart. And you harden your heart, and oh, you're looking for destruction. I don't want destruction. I got heaven at the end of this thing, man. I, I'm just waiting for that day. I, I'm, I'm looking at this. They said that North Korea has, has broken all of its ties at all of its embassies and brought all of their ambassadors home. That should scare you. You ought to think about what just happened there. North Korea is in unison with Russia and China. That's a block right there, man. That's a block. Communism. That's what that thing is. And when they start drawing everything back, there is something getting ready to happen, which I don't really care what happens. Uh, it, it could be bad. It could be, it could be blow over. It could blow over. But, brethren, there's some things happening in your world today that your Bible has talked about and said this day is coming, and you're right at the precipice of this thing. You're right here at this point where anything could happen, and it would match the Scriptures perfectly fine. Uh, you better get busy doing some stuff. 
Joseph's plan was accepted as valid. Here's a guy out of prison. I mean, the guy is out of prison. He is, he is not a counselor in Pharaoh's court. He is not this. That's God putting in Pharaoh's heart to believe that guy. He'll do the same thing for you when you're in a position. If you try to do it your way, God may just back away. The Lord may back away and just let you do it. That's why when I was teaching on the Holy Spirit, the reason I taught on the Holy Spirit for so long, you need to realize that the Holy Spirit is your, your path to God. And your life determines your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And if you have a poor relationship with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have a poor relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ isn't out here all the time doing it. No, it's through the Holy Spirit. Not that the Holy Spirit is going to help you speak in tongues and go out and heal people. That's not what the Holy Spirit's job. He's here to give you wisdom and guidance through this book and through this life. And to do that, guess what you got to do? you got to get your life in line with the Holy Spirit. You know what Joseph was? He was in line with God. Before the Bible was written, Joseph knew what to do. He did exactly what he should have done. Uh, chapter 37, uh, the, following, if the following events match. Uh, the following events match the life and death of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It does. Chapter 37, he's betrayed and sold. He sold for 30 pe- or 20 pieces of silver. If you actually look at Joseph and his age, uh, that was the value of him at his age. Uh, Jesus Christ was sold for 30 pieces of silver. If you look at, the, at his age, he was sold for the value. People say, well, he was sold for 20. He was sold for 30. If you look at the law, it's exactly what should have been done. Joseph was younger than Jesus Christ, and Joseph's value was 20 pieces of silver. Jesus' value at his age was 30 pieces of silver. It's nothing wrong. Your Bible is correct all the way through. Uh, if you go to Matthew 27, uh, 3 and 9, that's, that's it right there. In 39, chapter 39, uh, he is falsely accused and imprisoned. Uh, he gets thrown in a pit, and then he gets thrown, he's sold to Potiphar, and then he's thrown into prison, and he's falsely accused. Jesus is falsely accused uh, in Matthew 26, 59 through 62. Uh, in chapter 40, after in, in the perfect line, the butler, the baker, shows up and gets hung on a tree. Uh, Jesus Christ gets hung on a tree. Same exact thing. In 41, he is exalted to rule over the people by the word of God. Uh, he is resurrected and exalted to sit at the right hand of the Father. Now, I've got a dozen verses. Uh, let's go to a couple of Matthew, Mark 16, 19. Joseph is getting ready to be elevated next to Pharaoh. From the prison to Pharaoh. Amazing thing. I don't have to worry about anybody else on this planet. I don't have to worry about being elevated. I look, if I look at that, I say, man, there's no way I could ever do anything. Uh, the Lord said, just keep doing what you're doing. Day by day, just keep doing what you're doing. 16, 16, 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up to heaven and sat on the right hand of God. That makes Joseph a perfect type of Jesus Christ. He was exalted from the prison to the Pharaoh's sit at the right hand. Jesus Christ, he lived his life 33 years here, hung on a cross, died, and was elevated to the right hand of the Father. Uh, go to Acts 2.33. Acts 2.33. God's showing you all through your Bible his son. He's showing you Jesus Christ everywhere you go. You can't miss it. And what you do is as you find out going through here, you'll start trusting it. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he has shed forth this which ye now see and hear. He said, the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom I will send. 
So the, the Lord, when he went back, his job was done on the planet. The Holy Spirit's job now is to come down and do what he's going to do. Uh, is the Holy Spirit here always? Yeah, he's here with 24-7, 365. But his, his job, job description changed the moment Jesus Christ resurrected from the grave. Now he resides in us, not on us. So it's a blessing. Uh, go to Romans 8.34. Just look at a couple of verses here real quick about the, the, the things between Jesus Christ and Joseph. Joseph is, is a... Now you say, why, why would you even care? Because I got to live in this world. And I've got to figure some way to survive. And I've got to find out that there's somebody out there who's greater than I am that knows how to get me through this life. And when I read the stories of David or Joseph, if I read the story of Jonah, I mean, come on, a big fish just happened to be in the right spot at the right time that they throw Jonah. So the Jonah's headed to Tarshish, away from where he was supposed to go. He's supposed to go to Nineveh. He's on a ship and he's headed this way. And God brings a big storm. He could do that to you. And you know, storms are good sometimes. Sometimes when you're running from God, God will bring a storm in your life to get you back where you're supposed to be. It doesn't, isn't that a loving God? Oh, no, it's a terrible. He's going to kill everybody on that boat. No, Jonah sits there and says, I don't know why this is happening, man. That's causing me. Throw me over the side. And he throw him over the side. Blink. And all of a sudden, there's a big fish there, a whale. That just swallows him up. Now, what's the odd? The oceans are pretty big. I mean, I was, in the, I was a sailor now. I'm telling you, the oceans are big. For that well to be right there underneath that ship at the exact time that well needed to be, there are not that many wells out there that could be right under your ship any given time to suck you down and take you down and, and spit you up on a shoreline somewhere that, that the Lord said, hey, Mr. Well, go this way, this way, this way. Right there on that shore, I want you to vomit him up. It's an amazing thing. We, we look at our Bibles. Uh, I look at them as real live stories, and I see the hand of God all through that thing. And I'm looking at that thing, when I look at Jonah, I'm like, why do I want to go away from God and ha have him uh, have a well swallow me up and throw me up where I'm supposed to be? Why don't I just go where I'm supposed to be? Why don't I try to figure out where I'm supposed to be and be there and just be happy about where I'm being there? And, and you, people, I, I get through the book of Revelation, they say, oh, let rocks fall on us. And I'm like, why don't you just get right? I, I read, I say that, I talk to my Bible all the time. I know they're not going to, but in my mind, I'm like, doesn't it make sense that you just do what God says? I think that's what Joseph did. Joseph knew all the situations he was in. He was still going to do what God told him to do, and he kept peace about it and the bitterness out the best way he could. Uh, Romans, Romans 834. We, we didn't look at that one yet. Let me, did I say 34? Yeah, 834. 834 says this. Who is he that uh, condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God. So Joseph is getting elevated. I've got a couple more verses there, but that's the point's already there. Joseph is being elevated right next to Pharaoh. <coughs> Brother, I say this a thousand times, I'll say it a thousand times more. He went from the prison to the palace in moments, and he bypassed everybody in between. Potiphar's there, his wife, I bet she's freaking right out about now. I mean, here is Joseph up there talking to the king. What's he up there for? What's he talking to the king about? What's Pharaoh? Pharaoh's actually talking to him. Pharaoh's sitting there going, yeah, Joseph, that's a, that's a really good idea. I mean, he's actually listening to him. And the next thing you know, he pulls his ring off. And he says, give me your hand, man. And he puts his ring on his hand. And he goes, Joseph, and, and all of a sudden she goes, whoa, I lied about him. You know, you never hear Joseph going after her. 
Not that he didn't. <laughs> God just didn't record it. <laughs> uh, but Mrs. Potiphar, I mean, I bet you she was like two-faced. Oh, man. You, uh, you see people in the world. And guess what? I see people like that today, just as two-faces. Uh, when they're on, when they're on a, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, when we think that we have the upper hand, if we got a bad heart, it'll corrupt you, and you'll make bad decisions. Then when you see that same person on the other side of the fence, all of a sudden now they act humble. They're not humble. They're just in a position where they have no control. You give them control again, and they'll do the same thing. I like a person that is on this side or that side. It doesn't matter. They're the same. They never change. They're just right there. And you know just about what you're going to get when you're talking to them. That's the kind of people I like being around. Uh, there's no one like this in the kingdom. This is what Pharaoh said. Uh, verse 38, And Pharaoh said unto his servants, Can we find such a one as this? Looking at him. A man in whom the Spirit of God is. Well, that's what you want somebody to say about you. You want somebody to be able to look at you. I loved it, man. I, I, I loved it on a ship out there, walking out on the, the flight deck and, and 700 people. There they are, the God Squad. I like being called that. They were actually, that was a cut down. That, that was a mocking that the whole ship had for us, a little group of us, that, the Christians on that ship. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted to laugh at us. But boy, I tell you what, the day they thought the rapture happened and we walked out on that flight, 1989, we walked out on that flight deck. That whole stinking ship knew the rapture was going to happen and they were scared to death. And when we walked out that door, there was enough of them out there that yelled out, there they are. It didn't happen. The God squad. You know what that tells me? That this world knows it's getting ready to happen. They know that something's going to happen. God's in charge. And they know those who they can look at and trust. And, and if that guy, if it was going to happen, that guy and that group of guys right there be gone. Boy, that's a compliment. I like that. I like, I like it when Pharaoh said it. You know that's a struggle to keep that in your life? I've got people saying, hey, Elliot, you've done this and you've done this and you've done this. Yeah, but there's about 100,000 other things I didn't do. I, I don't mind dealing with five or six, but man, if I've got to deal with everything in life, you ought to keep your life as an open book. Never, never try to hide anything because somebody sees a little birdie man will come out. Uh, he said there's no one in the kingdom uh, at all in our kingdom like this. Uh, there was no one like Jesus Christ in all eternity. Uh, when, when you come right down to it, I looked at my Bible in 1980, and I looked across this country, and what I seen, and I was only 22 years old, but what I had seen up to 22 years old was that you couldn't hardly trust anybody out there. I didn't really trust anybody. Uh, most people are in it for themselves. They don't care about nobody else. They're in it for themselves. Uh, I used to have a pickup truck. I'd keep stuff and change everything else. I'd stop alongside the, the road, help people all the time. Uh, very few people did that. They were all afraid. I, I just, just something was in me. I thought that was a good thing to do. I liked helping people. Anybody needed help, I stopped and helped them. Uh, most people just doesn't want to do that. But uh, you have, it's an attitude. But when I looked at other people, I didn't see that in a lot of other people, which is sad. Uh, it is sad when, when people do stuff for their own stinking good. They don't do it for somebody else. They do it for themselves. You know, the ministry has nothing to do with me getting something good. It has to do with, you know why we started church? So you'd have a place to go. I don't need to be here. I can sit at home and read my Bible in my house. I already know how to study it. I've got three years of Bible college. I've got three years of Hebrew. I've got three years of Greek. I can study at the house. I don't need this. You know how much headache and hassle it is to have a church? See, a lot of y'all just go home. You just get up and go home. You don't do none of the rest of the stuff that needs to be done. You just get up and go home. You know how, and then you come back and expect the lights to be on. I say that to your shame. Really, I do. 
Because this is yours just as much as it is mine or anybody else's. Guess what? I'm 66 today. One of these days, I'm going to hit the dirt. And boy, I'm going to be sitting in heaven with Jesus Christ, just like that. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Have you ever thought about that? You better think about that thing. There's other people that need to be helped too. That's just like a guy. I like Paul said, I'm free from the blood of all men. That man was over the day. I'm free from his blood. I don't have to hound him. I told him the truth when I got a chance to tell him the truth. Right in front of his face, I told him the truth. I think Brian and Brother Brian and Brother Stahl did the same thing. Uh, he got away. I think his mom did the same thing. If that man goes to hell, he'll go to hell because he chose to go there. I'll get to heaven and the Lord will say, well done, that good and faithful servant. He'll tell, he'll tell Mike and Brian for the same instance, well done, that good and faithful servant. He'll tell his mom the same thing. You know what? You did what you were supposed to do when you did it. Pharaoh, Pharaoh, there's, Pharaoh or Joseph is like Jesus when the, Pharaoh could find nobody in his cabinet, nobody on that floor up there that could even come close to doing what Joseph just did. I think the Lord went down just like he did Saul when David went down there. Uh, he put a deep sleep on everybody and they go... You ever read your Bible? You ought to read that thing. God can do to you whatever he wants to do anytime he wants to do it. We watch these stupid shows all the way out there. They do this stuff and this magic stuff. No, no, no. God really does that stuff. And he can do anything he wants to anybody he wants to, however he wants to do it. Ooh, he does it, man. He's the real one. And I'm sitting there going to that thing. I said, man, he walks in there and, and he puts stupid all over everybody in Pharaoh's court. <laughs> stupid. Well, how in the world are you supposed to know that you know, the seven fat kind and seven thin kind is going to be seven years of good and seven years of bad famine? Seven years of How are you supposed to know that? But he puts that in Joseph's heart. Joseph is like Jesus Christ. Uh, Joseph, uh, the Pharaoh, verse 39. Jo well, let me finish. Uh, Jesus, and jo like Joseph, was given a spirit without measure, John 3.34. And Joseph, like uh, Jesus, like Joseph, was anointed with uh, joy and gladness. You know how you can tell somebody they're right with God? They're always happy. Not always 100% happy, but boy, they can find something good about everything. Uh, you can't find nothing good. If you can't find nothing good, there's something wrong inside, man. There's something wrong. You're missing it. You're missing it. Uh, 39, Pharaoh said unto Joseph, For as much as God has showed thee all this, there is none so discreet and as wise as thou art. Pharaoh, go, go, to, go to Acts 12. I just read this, man. I like reading my Bible in three places. I just went across this uh, last night. Acts. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son, who yielded his life and atonement for sin. But I tell you what, if you ever give, you ever just give God the glory for stuff? I'll tell you what happens if you don't, man. Look at this one right here. And, and you're lucky that God don't do this. Acts 12, 21. Acts 12, 21. It says, uh, actually, go back to 20. And I'll stop right here probably. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. Uh, uh, but they came with him with one accord, uh, accord to him, and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace, because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon a set day, Herod, arrayed in a, a royal apparel, sat upon his throne and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is the voice of God. 
and not of man. That next verse, whew, man, you read that thing? And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory and he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. That's Herod. In this story right here, it didn't work out that way. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God had shown this, showed, uh, had showed thee all this. He was now magnifying the God of Joseph. Not all the Pharaoh's stuff, the God of Joseph. He said, your God did it, man. Your God did it. He said, you got a great God, man. You got a great, great, great God. He didn't die. As, as, as soon as I read that, I said, man, I said, Pharaoh, I said, Herod should have took lessons from you. Herod wasn't reading his Bible. Uh, For as much as God has shown thee all this, there is none so discreet and wise that Pharaoh, gives, like he said, gives God the glory. Joseph was noted for being discreet. Are you, what are you noticed for? You should be noticed for something. Discreet, having or showing uh, disem, uh, di, uh, discernment or good judgment in conduct and especially in speech. He, he, was, he was good at what he did. Uh, capable of per, uh, preserving prudent silence. If, the, if he was waiting for the Pharaoh to say something, he said something right back to Pharaoh and answered his question just the way he wanted it. He was discreet. I'm not really good at that probably. I'm working on it. I was a lot less discreet many years ago. Uh, being a chief, uh, a friend of mine always says, Elliot, you were a chief in the Navy. You're not a chief anymore. But trying to get chief out of you after being there for 14 years, it kind of, it's rough. But, but it can be done. It, it, God can do anything. With God, all things are possible. Uh, wise. He's also noted for being wise. Thus, the Lord Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God, the hidden wisdom of God, wisdom incarnate, and the divine revelation of God's wisdom. Uh, you read all through uh, Proverbs. Proverbs, the book of wisdom. The beginning of the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Uh, until you have the right fear of God, and it's not being crouched down where, where he's going to hit you with a lightning bolt. It's that you're trusting that more than you are this world. I would fear, my fear toward him now is that I'm going to do the wrong thing and not the right thing. I want to keep that thing in line so that he gets the preeminence in my life the best I can. And when I find out that something else is getting the preeminence, that thing goes off to the wayside. I don't care. You know, I like a, a chapter in the Bible, a verse in the Bible or somewhere, and I'm going to misquote it. But he said that somebody will do something to their own hurt. They'll, they'll take something, and when they see that it's going to cause damage to their own hurt, they'll take it, and they'll walk away. They'll just walk away. No matter what it costs them, they'll walk away. Uh, that, that's a sign of somebody who's discreet and somebody who's wise. Uh, God, God will always give us what we need down the road somewhere. He said, thou shalt serve, I'll stop here. Thou shalt serve over my, I told you I was going to stop there, but I already lied, but I still got a minute. Thou shalt, uh, thou shalt be over my house, this is Pharaoh talking, talking to a prisoner. That's us, man. At any given time, God could take, uh, take you and give you whatever you need. You don't need to strive to get it. You don't need to do that. When we do that, the devil just keeps putting them little carrots in our front, or bread comes in front of us, and we think we can. Brethren, if it hasn't ever happened in your life yet, it ain't going to happen. Oh, I, 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 that's why people go to the lottery. I told him in Pensacola, Florida, I had 54 guys working for me, and they always, every, every week they would get a lottery together. All 54 of them put money in. They'd go get tickets. I was down there for three years. Not a single time they ever win anything, I don't think. 
I told him, I said, here's what you ought to do, guys. I'm going to tell you what you do. You take that lottery money, you go out and buy me a new car. I said, I'll drive my new car into the base every day and park it right here in front. So at least you can drive by and see my new car. And you'll know where your money went. I said, for three, all your money goes into the lottery and you never, you know what a lottery is? It's people thinking that they're going to win. Heaven help you if you put money in the lottery. I mean, I hope you win. Then you got to explain how you got that money. I just hope you do, man. Just remember tithe on it. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Thou shalt be over my house a prisoner. Could you imagine what everybody else in that, in that auditorium or in that uh, room, in his audience, in his council room or wherever he was at, in his throne room? Everybody sitting there going, this, what, is this favor okay, man? Does he need a doctor? He's like Belteshazzar. Or, or he, no, he's like, he's like uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar. And he lifts Daniel up. I said, Should, shouldn't, shouldn't we have him checked out to get a doctor in here? I mean, we think he's crazy. This guy's a prisoner, man. He's wanted for, well, I don't know what he's wanted for. Just everybody's mad at him. But they threw him in prison. He is a prisoner. And Pharaoh don't care one thing about that. He goes, there is, I've, he said, all the people I've known my whole life, none of you like this guy. This guy is totally different. He says, I want that guy right next to me. You know what God can do for you? You pick up these stories, man. He'll, he'll make you ruler over his house. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I'm done. I, I just done one a minute over. But one of these days, I'm going to go to heaven. And he's going to say, I gave one guy five pounds. I gave, one, I gave everybody a pound. And he goes, and one guy got five, one got two, and one didn't do nothing with it. And he's going to make this guy ruler over this. He's going to make this guy ruler over that. And this guy, he's going to curse. Somewhere out there, somewhere, the Lord's going to put me over something. And it may just be the dog houses. I have no idea what it is. But I figure if the Lord puts me over something and he wants to put me over something, that whatever he wants to put me over is okay. But I know that if I don't do what I'm supposed to do here, whatever that is, he equips every one of us to do something different. If I don't do what I, out there, I'm not going to have nothing. And out there is forever. This is temporal. Temporal. Father, thank you for your blessings. This